You are now tuned in to the Wrestling Purists. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to yet another retro review, courtesy of your very own Wrestling Purist alongside Jeff. My name is Ryan, and yeah, we were supposed to have a third man with us this evening uh, to record, but there were some uh, there there was some real life stuff that got in the way. So, um, thinking about you, Adrian. I know you're listening to the episode. Um, hope we can get in touch soon. Um, but on to uh, pressing matters. A lot of wrestling going on. This weekend, uh, we had Triple Mania. Uh, that was on Saturday. We had Slammiversary last night, which uh, contender for, I think, one of the top shows of the year. I thought it was really great. Um, also, uh, <laughs> Jeff saw the one ladder spot that was that was in it. Uh, for, for which one? Um, for um, Slammiversary. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they, they, they really did pull out all the stops last night for Slammiversary. Um, so if you haven't seen it, it's on Fight. Um, I did not watch it on Fight. I'll leave that to the imagination. Um, we went and watched uh uew united elite wrestling's show cataclysm uh uew is a local virginia-based wrestling promotion coming out of richmond um had a had a fun time right jeff absolutely always fun time sport local wrestling yeah also this is this is for all the pg fans matt fucking cross okay yeah yeah. Um, if you haven't listened to our uh, review on that, check that out. But um, if you've ever seen a Matt Cross match, you've ever seen Matt Cross live, his shtick is Matt fucking Cross, and the fans chant it, the crowd gets into it. Uh, Jeff, how many people in the building that we were in were chanting Matt fucking Cross? Um, that would be all of two. Hmm. And if you're listening to the podcast, you're listening to those two gentlemen. <laughs> and then and then over the mic, not even so there's a match going on in the ring. It was Matt Cross and Uncle Phil Brown. And they they didn't even like walk up to us. They just said over the mic and was like, uh guys, this is a PG show. I'm like, <sighs> okay. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um matt matt don't worry matt cross felt the same way after the show when we went and talked to him um got a chance to talk to him uh we talked to facade during the intermission um i'm actually checking on um matt cross's twitter now because he was like yeah i gotta remember to post that on my twitter and he didn't but um He's also got a lot going on right now. He's got a battle ride coming up on Thursday. So um, I'm not going to fault him for that, but um, it's been a pretty uh, couple of busy days here for your, uh, for, for your wrestling purists. 
Yeah, absolutely. Not to mention Happy Father's Day. If you're a father out there, um, or if you're not, you're a father figure, uh, stepfather, anything that falls under the umbrella and you're not a fucking scumbag, happy Father's Day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, condolences going out to the family and friends of not only Dave Hebner, this would be the Hebner that um, got plastic surgery, as Jeff would so adequately <laughs> put it, um, but also to... Uh, to uh, the family and friends of Tim White, uh, both pass away back to back days. So, um, thoughts and condolences what's, go out. What's the odds of that? You know, Dude, like just I, weird. You know, I woke up and I had this feeling all day. Like, and this is a really morbid thought, but you know how everybody like when you when you hear the big when like you hear big name celebrities or uh, people that like aren't you know the you know commoners like us. Uh, when they go, they go, they they go in threes. That's always been the trope, you know. And uh, all yeah. day today, I'm scrolling through Twitter. I'm like, who's it gonna be today? Because I, I don't know if I could take anything right now. <laughs> it's been a lot. It is. Um, but you know what? We're here. We're here to stand for one more night, and that's kind of the show we're talking about tonight. It is ECW's. Uh, one night stand. This is uh, from June 12, 2005. Uh, the infamous Hammerstein Ballroom in New York yeah. City. A um, little bit of backstory before we head um, into this. And so, obviously, ECW has been dead for you could probably safely say about five, five and a half years, depending on the last time that Paul Heyman wrote himself a paycheck. So this was actually uh, brought up. There's, there's, um, there's kind of an argument to be made here, um, whether it was Rob Van Dam who really pushed for it, or whether it was Tommy Dreamer. Um, I think both of them kind of put in their fair shake. Uh, people say that um, Tommy Dream went straight to Vince McMahon um, about the idea of holding an ECW event uh, or an ECW re- reunion event. Um, Tommy Dreamer was in charge of organizing, getting talent. So he was pretty much the agent and the producer for everything across the board, it sounds like. Um, so sounds like uh, Vince Vince was on if you want it you do it you know yeah it it seemed like one of those things where he said if you're going to do it this is how you're going to do it here you go Um, but what's really funny so this happened on June 12th because I think when you watch this show um, you'll go through and you'll see some guys that aren't on this show that you would expect to be on this show and that would be because um make sure i get my days right two days prior to this show there was there was a series of shows i would i'll just leave it at that um it it was called hardcore homecoming now this first one was called an extreme reunion it came out of the 2300 arena in Philly. 
Um, so this is June 10th, and then One Night Stand was the 12th. Um, run down the card here real quick. Um, we had Mikey Whipwreck, Chris Chetty, Simon Diamond, C.W. Anderson, Tracy Smothers, Blue Meanie, Too Cold Scorpio, Kid Cash. Uh, we had New Jack, John Cronus. We had The Rottens, Jerry Lynn, Just Incredible, Raven, The Sandman, uh, Sabu, Shane Douglas, Terry Funk, Bill Alfonso, Francine, Tammy Lynn Sitch, um, amongst an, a, a, a bevy of other names. Um, but this is two days prior to the show that, let's be honest, WWE was ultimately behind. They produced it. Um, and I think there's maybe only two or three guys on this show that double dipped and did both. Um, it, it was, it was really weird how the hardcore homecoming aspect, um, came, came to be. Um, so just hearing this, Jeff, did you know that there were two hardcore reunion shows that same week? Um, no, I didn't. And I'm wondering if it was, uh, you know, which one was first chicken before the egg, you know, or, you know, chicken and egg in the sense of, did they know this was going down? So they booked, you know, like, Hey, if I can't get on the WWE card, cause listen, you, you couldn't have all of ECW on, you know, I'm saying on this event, you know, someone's going to be left out no matter what. So I wonder if there was a, you know, we'll help, we'll book our own, ECW reunion or you know type of deal because I, I it's just odd but I mean well these things happen once you book a card somewhere well then you know usually that weekend you'll have other little places but if this is two days before um I mean I wonder if they were just I mean I I find it hard pressed for it just to be coincidence right uh this is actually not coincidence um, and yeah, see, that's th- this is really. I would, and I'll be honest with you, I, I had already done a good amount of research for this show, but Brian Zane over at over at Wrestling with with Regret just did an episode on on Hardcore Homecoming, uh, so it was just okay. really convenient timing. Um, that Shane Douglas that. was Shane Douglas was the one that was really like heading the heading the thing here, you know, and that doesn't surprise me. No. And this is two that now this is 2005 Shane Douglas. Okay. Uh, Shane Douglas has sort of a tarnished past here on our our podcast. Uh, You either like Shane Douglas or you don't. There's no, there's no in between with old Shane Douglas. Oh, Dean, the Dean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it was him. Um, also, Jeremy Borash was involved with it. Um, yeah. do, do you, are you saying that because he was Russo's stooge for a while in the dying days? Yeah, yeah, of course, you go. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. Um, but there is a whole uh DVD set on this. Um, it's the rise and fall of ECW. This is um, actually not a terrible, 
DVD. This is one of the last um, wrestling DVDs I own because um, we had we had some uh, sold in the move. But um, this is it's 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 got a ton of matches, a ton of interviews. If you haven't seen it, I don't know if it's on Peacock, but it is a good watch. It's about five hours, six hours total. Um, I can't get the taste out of my mouth that it was directed by Kevin Dunn, um, but. <laughs> Bucktooth motherfucker. Anyway. Um, so. Um, the whole thing now leading into this show uh, was there, there wasn't really one angle or match that was promoted on Raw or SmackDown. It was just more of an more of just an invasion angle the most and not your 2001-esque invasion. This was just a very, um, this is a much smaller invasion and just some skirmishes here and there. Um, so nothing too much, but let's just, let's just get into this. I'm kind of excited to give you guys the backstory. Um, was able to shit on some people in the process. So, you know what? Let's fucking get rolling here. Um, so this is ECW's first show since 2000. Um, I know the answer to this, but did you watch this show live? Yes. I figured. So what did you... Go ahead. No, no, go, go, go. I was going to say, what did you initially think of this show not not the show itself but just coming into this show live the concept um what you were expecting um how it made you feel all that kind of good stuff so watching this live again my dad's a mark um and my dad was watching ecw and you know taking pans and and waffle makers to shows <laughs> um you know when they were coming they were coming this way some you know yeah so but when i first went, when it's it's kind of it's simple for me it's just like anything else in the wrestling world that comes around it was either going to be really good or really bad and i think you you know anytime you're rebooting something or remaking something or trying to capture the nostalgia of said wrestling angle or feud or event. Um, there's usually no middle ground, you know, it's either good or bad. No. Um, and I remember this first coming on and them having the Hammerstein ballroom being in the old, like with the old set and everything just feeling like an actual ECW show. Mm-hmm. not um the ring of honor show we got you know a month ago um but yeah so yeah this was when i when it came on and everything you know they were doing their ecw it was filmed the ecw way um like this was actually ecw and and that's that yeah agreed this is so I was actually in 2005 
a freshman going in. So in June, I was a freshman, probably just graduated about that time, going to be a sophomore in high school. Um, and at this point, I was a full TNA guy. I'm not going to lie. Um, I did not watch this show live. I was uh, kind of flipping at the time between WWE and TNA. Um, love the early TNA, TNA stuff. Um, that's why probably last night's show was really good for me anyway. Um, but ECW for me, watching it as a kid and then hearing about this show, I was very, I, I was very interested. Um, not, you know, 39.99 interested as a you know sophomore in high school. But looking at it now, I I hate the fact that I was so that I was so naive as a as a high schooler because flipping between the two, I should have been wise to know that this was gonna be a good show, if not a good show, at least an entertaining show. And the fact that this show opens and you get this wide, grandiose shot of the inside of the Hammerstein ballroom. You've got fans going wild. Um, it's it's a – I mean, talking about it now, I've got chills just thinking about it because you get, you get that type of atmosphere. You get Joey Styles come, coming out. And you can tell he's getting really choked up about it. Um, just lets out a big, oh, my God. Um, yeah. And then we get Cactus Jack, Mick Foley on the call with him. And it's just a perfect show. It's a perfect show opening, I should say, because we'll get to the real meat and potatoes of this thing. Um, we get the TNN intro, too, not the um, – not really any others, but oh, for those that yep. um, TNN is kind of like Spike TV before Spike uh, before Spike TV, yeah. Oh, absolutely. TNN was great. Yeah, it had it, it had all your favorites, but <sighs> got to start off with a little bit of a somber note. Um, we do get here uh, Landstorm taking on Chris. Jericho, so Chris Jericho was um, a replacement in this match. It was supposed to be Chris Candido, uh, but Chris Candido passed away about two months before the show. Um, I don't really want to dive into that. It's it's just it's just a freak accident. Anything can happen. Um, yeah, but kicking off, Lance Storm arguably one of the top ring ring generals in old school ECW and then Chris Jericho in 2005. Um, yeah, I'm okay with this. Uh, it, it was a, it was a good opener though. What, what did you think? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, you have Lance Storm and Chris Jericho, um, you know, one who used to be a tag team also, too. Um, God, were they sudden? They were sudden impact. And then they also, uh, a little wrestling knowledge, they were the thrill seekers um, and they wrestled, when they wrestled for Jim Cornette and, uh, and uh, Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Oh, yeah, thrill well. seekers. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so having these guys wrestle each other is great. Um, 
Chris Jericho is obviously a great wrestler. Lance Storm is a great wrestler. I think Lance Storm is actually a better wrestler than Chris Jericho, hot take, but he just doesn't have, you know, his his he has the charisma of a two by four, and that's his problem. But yeah, this was definitely a good match. Um, going back watching this to now through 20, 2022 eyes, it's just sad to see Chris Jericho doing whatever he's doing now, as in you know, I'm using the term wrestling loosely, you know, and AEW is his own personal playground and he does whatever he wants. And I understand that, but God, you're watching this match. Um, he's so good. So good. And, mm-hmm. and, and storm so good. Um, when we get into the finish, we're going to have some, you know, some old names coming back. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought this was a great way to, to, to start this pay-per-view. Yeah. Everything about that is right. Um, I do think Chris Jericho now, as opposed to his first um, post-title run AEW, I think he's. I think what he's doing now is at least a little bit more tolerable. He's in much better, better shape. I'll give him that. Um, yes. Whatever he's doing uh, to turn back the hands of time, um, keep on doing it. But yeah, this was this is a good. Way to open up. I you're gonna hear me say this a lot on this card. They they needed a couple more minutes. I this this cracks out at just under seven and a half minutes. And I was I was craving a couple extra minutes. Yeah, yeah. But I mean I mean time's time, but I mean it was it was. I'm with you. I mean, we could add a couple extra minutes, but I thought the finish was perfect. Yeah. Um, so uh, we get we get the walls of Jericho. Got landstorm tapping. Then we get a run in from. Um, uh, you know he's he's just incredible. Um, what's his name? Um, I mean, he's just just incredible. Yeah, <laughs> ah. yeah, yeah. Um, okay. And um, the best looking, e- oh yeah, the best looking ECW star. Also, we get a run in from Jason. Um, did his best work with Jazz. Um, so they get their run in. Uh, Justin Carbo ends up hitting Jericho with the Singapore cane. Uh, Storm covers gets the win. Oh God! Oh yeah, that that tells you what kind of show you're in for. Yeah, this was a real sh- this was a real ECW show. The, the, there wasn't any. They didn't pull any punches or like no. So you get like a you know you get like a sunset flip kind of roll up he kicks uh he pushes jericho to the ropes and when jericho kind of pops his head through the middle rope boy just incredible like he always does lets the damn singapore cane snap cracks it over his head um rolls him up one two three it's done and you know uh impact players you know yeah uh this this is like we already said a great way to open it this is exactly, I think, if you were 
a old school ECW fan, like really just missing that taste and really missing yeah. really just missing the passion of just what ECW was. This is a great, first of all, great opener, and it's a great um, kind of dip your toe into the pool kind of feeling uh, to what's on the way. All right. Up next, um, it's 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 just my favorite type of match. It's a three way dance, okay. And I'm a real homer for three way dances <laughs> instead of instead of triple threat matches. Um, oh shoot, sorry. I'm going to back up for a second. Obviously, um, we do throughout the show we do get some you know video packages some you know, cutaways um uh i forget which pitbull he was but gary but but gary wolf um wanted to uh do like a remembrance piece so we get a montage yep. rocco rock terry gordy crash holly the original chic uh mike lazansky uh anthony durante the other pitbull and of course as already mentioned, uh, Mr. Chris Candido. Um, so let's get into this. It's 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 the three way dance. We've we've got little Guido, of course. We've got super crazy because he is super and he is crazy. You got the the, the Todd. Don't tell her short. You got you got Mama Luke. You got you got <laughs> Tracy Smothers. I mean, you got the whole, Listen, got the whole FBI here. Um, to uh, uh, to Jerry's out first though. Uh, we get the sinister minister himself, James Mitchell, and the old whippersnapper himself, Mike Mikey Whipwreck. Uh, then like you said, we get we get little Guido, and he's got JT Smith. Uh, Tony Mamaluke, Trey, Tracy Smothers, uh, Big Guido, and then Nothing Super Crazy. That huh? says uh, Italian, like Tennessee Tracy Smothers. But <laughs> <laughs> it's it's um um it's uh it's St- Joey Styles who says um you know uh Guido full blooded Italian. Um, he said Tracy Smothers couldn't couldn't point out. <laughs> Good point. Italy on a on a map. <laughs> he's uh, great. This he's great. This whole show. Yes. Yes. Without being is. like you know, like over the top and like just you know, like just too much. No, he's per- he's absolutely perfect. Yeah. Um. So, um, in there was a period in ECW. Tracy Smothers was actually billed. From Na- from from Nashville, Italy, and I thought it was the greatest thing ever. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, God damn it! Another one gone too soon. <sighs> yep. Um, but yeah, the last man to enter the match—he's super, he's crazy, it's super crazy, and it's just him. And let me tell you why I'm such a sucker for three-way dances instead of triple threat matches uh, there's i feel like in today's triple threat society you kind of get this anyway where it's essentially one-on-one 
you get somebody isolated on the outside for minutes on end, like they've essentially died, you know, and then makes it convenient to the match when they just pop back in and just hit their basic move set and just move, just move on to the finish. The three-way dance for me, I feel like you can build a lot more story with that. I feel like there's a lot more room for character building, especially if you've got, say, you know, a chicken shit heel involved. Um, maybe somebody's going for the pin and he just kind of sits back and relaxes. You don't have to force that, that you know, pin breakup. You can be that chicken shit heel and lay back and watch that pinfall happen and just keep rolling. And that's just one one example when I could keep going on and on. But um, I think we don't see enough three three way dances. I think it needs to make a comeback. No, no, I, I'm with you. Um, I'm with you. Uh, also, three way dance created by Jim Cornette. Um, but yeah, so you can do so many things in a three way dance when it's when it's used that way you have an in you have an out you have everything you need you know mm-hmm. um and you can like you said you can use heels you can use faces you can have guys beating up other guys you can have you know you know said person beats up said wrestler and now he screws the other person like there's so much so many things you can do um i think that it's you know it's been forgotten about through the years well, because it's a lot easier, I think, to book a triple threat match as it is, as it's opposed to a three-way dance. You say, oh, this is the finish. Figure out how to get to it. Whereas here, it's like you have to figure out how to get to the first fall and then how you get to the finish. So there's that extra little uh, speed bump in the middle. And I think that's, that's just kind of lazy. I think I think if you want to make – I think if you want to make uh, the three – person matches better you do that but again i'm a, i'm up here on my soapbox here you know talking about three-way dances and there's bigger problems in the world <laughs> um but this match is really good why because tajiri can work super crazy can work and then you have and you have little guido for the comedic relief and he can work too no oh, absolutely no no shade for guido uh what what did you think Let's 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 do the first fall first. What did you think of everything up until the first elimination? Um, I I thought it was fine. It, it, there was a lot of stuff going on, but you also have to think too that everybody's trying to get their last little spot on this card because this is the last ride, you know. So you know every said person trying to get their gimmick for their you know little five minutes of fame. So so I you got. Yeah, just keep that in the back of your, your mind as well. Yeah, this was definitely fine. A lot going on. Definitely had that kind of ECW hecticness to yeah. it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, a lot of great sequences in this first part. Not the cleanest, but entertaining. And I think... I think there's a point when you're watching a wrestling match, and this is no excuse for anything, that it's that it gets kind of sloppy, and it can go one of two ways. It can be kind of sloppy and egregious to where they kind of don't repick that momentum up, 
And then there's mm-hmm. the other way you can take it where it's uh, where you can move on to that next spot, kind of keep on going. And I think that's what they did here, even even with a slip up or two. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, the first fall, uh, there's people coming in left and right. Um, uh, to uh, Tajiri ends up missing Big Guido. Uh, Tracy Smothers eats a kick. Um, <laughs> Sorry, it, 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 he gets in the ring and he starts. <laughs> oh my god! He gosh. starts doing some. Tracy's mother's is just the absolute best. Uh, yeah, I I couldn't agree more. Just <laughs> he can work, and then the comedic oh, aspect yeah. of everything is just big old chef's kiss. <laughs> and it wasn't even a dance off here. Nope. <laughs> um, but we do get little Guido eliminated first. Which now we move on to Super Crazy and Tajiri. This is an ECW rivalry staple. This is a match that, as an old ECW fan, you've seen this time and time again. Um, yeah, Jeff, take us to the end of the match. What did you think? Um, I thought this match, uh, the, the ending was great. And this is, this is exactly what what we talk about um about these the uh, three-way dance to where you can have a triple threat match one person gets eliminated and then you can go right back to a rivalry that that you've had for a while you're killing two birds at one stone here um so i thought this was great again all the the years and all the guys that have watched um you know ecw through the years like you said Tajiri and Super Crazy, I would watch them wrestle a million times. Um, we're also mm-hmm. going to get into some other guys later in the card, um, you know, that also have had feuds and, <laughs> and wars and everything else. But uh, yeah, it was a it was a you know a little moonsault off the top, one, two, three, and it's done. Uh, I thought it was good. This aspect of the match was better to me than the first half just because, you know, what they were trying to do, like I said, with everybody getting their spot on the card, but this was nice and simple, and uh, I enjoyed it. Yeah, this is, again, uh, second match for me in a row. I could have used a couple extra minutes. Um, That kind of, that kind of frenetic pace that, you know, back-to-back matches – where you've got a lot going on, I think it could have done wonders. Just maybe give it an extra two minutes, maybe, maybe to kind of pace it out a little better. But um, it wasn't egregious. There was, a, um, it was just really just just crazy from start to finish, and it was a good nod to ECW past and present. Uh, we move on to a video package, um, and this is um, this is talking about Shane Douglas and the birth of ECW, which I'm kind of surprised they threw Shane Douglas in there after he just threw an event two days prior. Uh, 
Uh, me, I, I agree, but I would assume that this thing was already queued up and ready to go. You know, uh, probably. Um, we get Tommy Dreamer, quote unquote, paying his dues. Um, the raining down of chairs into the ring. It's a very iconic uh, video clip. Uh, funk with the funk with the brand. Uh, oh my to, god. god, man, Terry Funk's so good. Um, it's a shame he's not in this year's, but at some point we will cover the 2006. Sorry, spoiler alert. There, this is not just the one night stand, it's a one night stand. Um, we'll cover the 2006 version where Terry Funk actually has a match. I know where a year later he's still, he's still, uh, what is he, Jeff? What is what is Terry Terry Funk? What do you mean? <laughs> Middle aged and crazy. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Middle aged and crazy and having matches in 2006. <laughs> I just don't think people understand how much I love Terry Funk. Yeah. And not like the older Terry <laughs> Funk. I mean, like him, Dory, like Dory Funk Jr. So good. Um, they show, uh, and this is this is a production. They show empty seats in the balcony for the uh, WWE representatives uh, that would show up. Um, and empty seats so far. Uh, we move to. This is billed as an extreme rules match. It's ECW. I don't really know why we had to do that. Um, yeah, they're, they're all in this qualification. Yeah, well, hold on. This is a, this must be a special grudge match then. Yeah, don't. Don't. <laughs> don't because we'll be talking. This podcast will be four hours long. <laughs> Last week's was half to that. <laughs> anyway. Uh, if you want to know more about the special grudge match from UEW, go check out that episode. Uh, but this is Psychosis versus uh, Rey Mysterio Jr. Um, he wasn't going, he didn't have the junior part when, um, since he's been in WWE. He's just been Rey Mysterio. Um, so, um, I, again, and this is the one that kills me. Give it more time. It, it, it was so rushed. And these guys have had better matches. And it's it's not even six and a half minutes. And I'm here sitting and I'm like, there's so much more. Give them 10. You know, so much more with three to four minutes that they didn't get. So when you say that, I guess that makes sense because I didn't like this match. Mm-hmm. And it's weird because, like, Psychosis is probably my favorite, like, Lucha Lucha Luchador of all time, not named Ultima Dragon, if we're counting him as a... He's not a Luchador, but if we're, you know, if we're putting him into, like, slash mask wrestler, mask wrestler slash cruiserweight. But, yeah, I love Psychosis. I was always a Psychosis guy. And... They, him and him and Ray had barn burners. I'm t- one of my favorite matches of all time is just Psychosis and and Ray Mysterio Jr. on a. It was just a random nitro. I mean, a random um, uh, yeah, a random nitro. Like mm-hmm. just 
you know, a random nitro. But 96, 97, I think. But anyway, yeah, this, again, I didn't, obviously I didn't time it, but you said they only got six minutes or six and a half minutes. It makes sense because it just, it it wasn't right. It wasn't like mm-hmm. bocce bocce, but it was just kind of like, you could tell it was rushed. Mm-hmm. And, that, and, and that's it, the problem. It, it suffered from that. Yeah, I really do. I really think that. Um, now, Joey Styles says they've wrestled over 500 times. I don't believe that. Um, I think it's a, yeah, it's a little overshooting there, but um, Rey Mysterio wins. Um, this match has flashes of what we could actually get, but pull back the curtain for a second. This is just a wrestling match. It's just a regular singles match. We don't have Luchador versus Luchador. We don't have an extreme rules match. Um, We don't have anything. It's just a regular average match. And I think... Like, like I said, we get flashes. Um, the finish, or we get toward towards the finish. Um, we get Rain Mysterio flying into the crowd right on top, right on a psychosis. We need more of that. Yeah, and we didn't we didn't get enough. Um, <laughs> Ray. You know you're in ECW country when you had a six one nine and the booze rained down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, then he hits a West Coast pop. Um, and I wasn't lying. This this show suffered across the board mm-hmm. because of whatever time constraints they were under, and they had to make sure matches were under a certain amount of minutes. Yep, and that's, I mean, maybe not toward the end, but they, well, they had their time. But, yeah, that, that's a theme across this whole pay-per-view. But I'd argue if that's if that's the only bad thing we're talking about, then you're probably doing it right, you know, yeah. to some extent. Uh, so Rey Mysterio is celebrating, and the invaders have arrived. Um, you've got a bunch of mid card guys, uh, but most notably Kurt Angle and uh, John Bradshaw Layfield. Um, we get a very, very loud "fuck you" SmackDown chant uh, because why wouldn't you? And then we get um, a video package. Um. We get superstar Steve Austin, um, Jerry Lawler in ECW, uh, Benoit breaking Sabu's neck. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Dreamer pile, pile driving Beulah. Dreamer beating Raven. Uh, Taz taps out Shane Douglas. Um, I, I can only imagine... When, when something like Dream, when Tommy Dreamer uh, hit the pile driver on Beulah, 
uh, back in the day, like how how crazy it was. And then just to think like they're like, you know, they end up getting married, but they're like, hey, hey, honey, I'm going to pile drive you. <laughs> like y- you couldn't even imagine uh, me walking in the other room being like, hey, wife, uh, I'm I'm going to pile drive you. And I mean, it's I, I've noticed like a lot of people now and younger kids have been saying like, you know, you just had to be there. You just had to be there. <laughs> you just had yeah. to see it the first go around. Um, it was a great. Was it crazy? Was it garbage wrestling? Was it some of that? Yes, but it was the first go around and and people coming together to do something. We weren't just doing it to do it, you know. That's the, that's the difference. But we can we could get on that all day long. Yeah. Um. So let's get to this middle of the show. We come back with this video package, and um, this would be the quintessential stud muffin. That'd be Mr. Joel Gertner um, in the balcony with the SmackDown guys. Um, <laughs> Kurt Angle takes the microphone and shoves him. I don't know why I giggled at it, but just <laughs> I, I never thought in years watching wrestling that Kurt Angle would be involved with anything involving Joel Gertner. Uh, no, you're right. So another thing too, Angle shoves him and then JBL, I watched this like three times. JBL like really pushes him and like, I'm fine with it, but like, you know, like JBL, it's no secret that he's a bully. He's an asshole. He's this, he's that, but he really like, I mean, he pushed the hell out of him and then he kicked him and he kicked, he kicked him for real. And yeah. it's like, Oh, typical, typical JBL. You know what I mean? Yeah. JBL is a real tool. Yeah. Like he really, like he wasn't supposed to touch him. He just, he just said, ah, well, fuck it. I, you know, why not? You know what I'm saying? <sighs> well, she wasn't an asshole. But uh, in this promo that that Angle goes on, Angle's great. I've said it here a thousand times on this podcast. Kurt Angle is the best non-wrestler to ever get into the damn business. Period. I don't want to hear it from anybody else. So good. You people suck. All the way around. (laughs) You people suck. And can kiss my ass. Yeah. I was like, I was like, all right, all right, all right. Not great, but uh, JBL is, of course, not going to pull any punches. <laughs> it's the it's the crowd saying, "You suck, blank." I don't know if I can say it on this podcast, but you know, you suck, blank. You suck, and, dick. I'll say it. Oh, uh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, well, why not? If, if, if those are one, of, if that was like on a list or something that I didn't know about, but um, yeah, they say you suck, dick, and Kurt replies, "I learned from your mom." Yeah. <laughs> Your mother taught me how. <laughs> yeah, your like, mother taught me how. Like, I mean, just, just great. Ain't, ain't he great? Oh, is he great? Between that and remember the Kobe Bryant jersey when he was oh. in the wheelchair uh, a couple weeks ago. Oh my god, he's the best. He's the best. Yeah. I'm telling you, god. he's the best. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and then JBL, you know. Goes on a JBL esque tangent. Um, yeah, he sounded. I like JBL. I I know I was 
motherfucking him a couple seconds ago. I like him, but I, I didn't like this this promo promo. <sighs> yeah. Um, he says, you know, uh, my name on the marquee at Madison Square Garden means it would sell out, while ECW could barely fill up a bingo hall. Um, kind of just basic stuff to get heat, but by the end of this, um, the heat was to the roof, honestly. And then he's talking and he's interrupted by Rob Van Dam and Bill Alfonso. And you would have thought the damn roof was going to come, come off the place. Um, um, yeah. Uh, RVD is a lot of things. Um, but man, if, if you're talking about guys ahead of their time, like Van Dam's a guy now, like for as much as people love Kenny Omega, if Van Dam was a guy now that was wrestling now, I mean, he'd be a complete star. There's yeah. nothing he can't do in the ring. Um, we talk about those type of people on this show all the time. I mean, he's probably 25 years too early, um, you know, compared to where wrestling is now, what he was doing back then. Uh, and not just for the sake of doing it, doing it in the context of a match. Yeah. Agreed. Um, so RD's not a big promo guy. That's fine. Um, I really want to get to the end of this though. Um, he gets interrupted by Rhino, hits him with a gore. It's 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 worthy of making note here though that RVD is uh is on the is on the sideline right now. He's got an injury, so couldn't compete here, couldn't compete really much um after this either, but Rhino rips him in half with a gore. Um, he starts he starts attacking him. Lights go out. Lights come on. Sabu's in the ring. Um, I thought that sequence was was just fantastically done. Um, again, Tony Khan gets a lot of you know shit for the lights going off and coming on and a big surprise kind kind of thing because I think it. I, I, I think he overused it a little bit um, or has, but I think this was a great way to kind of work that into what was going on within, within the conversation and the storyline of what was yeah. going on. It was, it was, it was, it was great. And plus if you watch ECW, when the lights go off, it's a surprise, but I mean, that was kind of Sabu's gimmick to, to some extent. So when you seen the lights in this context, you, you you knew it was him. And the lights come on. He's pointing to the ceiling. He's the homicidal, suicidal, genocidal, and he's an absolute. I love him. Um, but yeah, so yeah, th- this was great. Um, Tony Khan does it, but it's it's just not the same. Like you can't do it with people nobody knows. Like that's not how it works. It has to be somebody people know. Um, you know, I don't know. Pick anybody that's a you know, wrestlers know. It can't be Satnam Singe or Jamie Hayter or, <laughs> you know, somebody nobody, you know, the Butcher and the Blade. Like, yeah, some people know, but like, just, you know, it's not how it works. But. Yeah. So, no, so Rhino and Sabu uh, impromptu match here. Um, yeah. Yep. And then toward the end, you have. 
RVD, he's getting in there because, you know, RVD and Sabu were tag team partners. Alphonse is in the ring, and you're getting a little tag team action. Yeah. Um, so Sabu's built from Bombay, India. Uh, do you want to know why, Jeff? Or do you, or well, do you I mean, know he, why? He well, I mean, I, I don't actually – well, I assume he's built from Bombay, India because his his uncle is the sheik. So, so yeah, his uncle is a sheik. Um, so, I actually figured this out when I did um, – if you're keeping score at home or on your phone, this is from uh, lost episode number two that I did. This is the second – uh, referee's discretion episode that I did. It was Heat Wave 98. Um, that I also had this little nugget in there. Um, so his gimmick when he was like when he first came onto the scene in ECW was he didn't he didn't want to talk. He wanted to be silent, didn't want to, you know, really say anything. And well, hell, he never, he still never really talked. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. you're right. But I mean, he still never really, for real, for real, didn't really talk. So he, of course, got that from the Sheik. Didn't talk much either. Um, so he was billed from like Mumbai, India. Um, it started to get around on shows that people in like the first and second crowd we're hearing him like call spots in the ring in English. So, and everybody knew that, that, you know, he was an American, um, but it was kind of an inside joke uh, that he was now from, instead of Bombay, India, or sorry, instead of Mumbai, India, or he was just from Bombay, Michigan because he's, yeah. So, uh, kind of, kind of an inside joke there between Heyman and Sabu. Yeah, and his, and, and his uncle, the Sheik, back in the day with kayfabe was the real deal. Like, I mean, lived the gimmick. Um, I know Sabu used to be his kind of uh, not his lackey, but his you know, like you know, his entourage is driving him around, getting his stuff, getting it, you know, like gimmick and in real life, you know. Mm. And yeah, the Sheik ran his own ter- territory in Detroit for the longest time so that's why you know the bottom of Detroit makes sense but again you're talking about a time man where the sheep just was a nightmare to you know like just kayfabe wise people were just scared to death of the damn sheep yeah uh this is the best I think I've ever seen rhino physically uh, yeah, I mean, this is young Rhino. I mean, I mean, I mean, I, well, yeah, because he, he was a guy kind of like early ECW uh, was in shape, but, you know, I don't know if he took the business seriously or whatever. And then, you know, after, you know, I guess ECW dried up or whatever, like then he, or toward the end of it, he was really in shape. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this makes sense here in 05 for him to be, you know, uh, built like a brick house, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, I know. I know he kept that up in TNA for a little bit, um, 
But this match was another short match, and I've been getting on the run times of these matches. This one, it kind of makes sense because it's an impromptu match. It's very on the fly. If this were to actually happen in in the world of kayfabe, I mean, it's a it's gonna be a quick match. It happened quick. It came together quick. It's gonna happen quick. Um, yep. So I give this one a pass on the six and a half minute runtime. Uh, but we do get uh, an Arabian skull crusher through the table. Uh, for Sabu to go over Rhino. Um, so far, I think this is uh, my most enjoyable match on the card. Yeah, I mean, it's not a bad take. Oh, don't worry. Match of the night's coming up in a couple matches. Don't worry. <laughs> um, so we go backstage. Al Snow's with head. Um, reminisces about the past, saying this is about ECW, not some SmackDown assholes. Um, so then we get another video package, more ECW history. Um, then we get more invaders. This time it is the raw representation. Um, You've got Eric Bischoff, Edge. Um, what? Which which did you like better, the the Raw interaction or the or the SmackDown interaction? Um, it's hard to say because Kurt Angle was great, but Bischoff just gets so much heat. And he doesn't at first he doesn't say a damn thing. Like he doesn't need to. He doesn't say, you're right, but I mean he doesn't say anything and i mean just heat to you know times a hundred you know he just he just walked in and man they were on his ass um so yeah i, mean, I guess the smackdown was better like on the mic you know with with angle but we're, we're going to get into a promo um later with uh Heyman. <clears throat> uh also Todd, you know, you're talking about Edge. Um, uh, so, sorry. So you got Bischoff, you got Edge, Kevin Nash, um, and you have Christian. Kevin Nash was in there? Uh-huh. Kevin Nash yeah. was in there? I, I could have sworn. I mean, maybe maybe, I, maybe I'm making that up. I, put, I, I thought it was Kevin Nash. Maybe, maybe I, felt like I felt like I saw meat back there some somewhere. Uh, oh no! It was uh, uh, it was a uh, snitch. No, snitchki, snitchki. Snitsky? Yeah, it was, was snitchki. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like I saw. Um, I can't even I feel like I saw it was, Rob. It was Edge. I feel like I saw Rob Conway there too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just look at me. But you're you're but you're missing. I mean, there was Christian there. God. Yeah. At last, he's on his own. There we go. Um, yeah. So this one was uh, okay, um, but it, it's it's literally it's literally Bischoff. I mean, Bischoff is just he's great. He's great. Ain't he great? 
Ain't he great? Yeah. Oh, and, and, don't, and, don't, and don't forget, Coach. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, don't forget Jonathan Coachman. Oh, oh, look, there's Coach. Now I'm scared. Yeah. Well, he, later in the thing, uh, in the show, Styles says, oh, uh, uh, Coachman's covering his ears. <laughs> Maybe you should try wiping his ass next. <laughs> Talk about Bischoff. <laughs> Uh, it's great. It's just great. Uh, this is this is good, Joey. Joey Styles here. Um, but this leads us right into our next match, and I, it's 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 such a weird match to watch in two thousand and five, considering what would happen over the next two years. You know, like two to yeah. three years. Um, and then, so this is and then, sorry, good. And the year before that, they're the year before that they both win the belt, right? At WrestleMania, or is it two years? Uh, I want to say it's a year, but okay, so yeah, 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 the year before that. Um, so this is yeah, this is Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero. Um, Eddie would pass away in the upcoming November, so. July, August, September, October, November. He passes away in five months af- after this show. Um, and it's absolutely wild that that happened. Just, And then two years later, it would be Chris Benoit. But still, put aside... Um, Put aside the Chris Benoit tragedy. Uh, put aside the Eddie Guerrero tragedy. Uh, put all aside because this is a really good match. Yeah, this is a great wrestling match. Um, this is, uh, I wouldn't say out of place, but <laughs> this is a real wrestling match that broke out on, e- on ECW programming um, that I would watch 10 times over 10 10 times out of 10, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, this was two guys who know each other inside and out, wrestling at a good pace, at a good pace, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And again, like I said, uh, uh, a really good match. It seemed like I said, seemed out of place for any TW show, but keeping everything out of it, like we said, um, beautiful wrestling. Yeah. Um- so we do get some uh, crowd interaction. Um, so we've got some catches, catch Ken in the ring, and the crowd is uh, chanting, you fucked Lita. And then uh, the next one is, she's got herpes. ECW. EC, EC dub, for sure. Um, Ab. And this match just keeps rolling. And um, towards the end of this, uh, Chris Benoit hits his uh, diving headbutt, and Joey Styles calls it a suicide head headbutt. Uh, well, I mean, hard hard to fault him. I mean, you can't see into the future, but damn, hindsight. Yeah. Um, 
and then he just slaps on the crippler crossface and wins. It, it was the finish for me was really weird because because Eddie didn't really fight. He didn't really fight it. He just kind of accepted no. it. Yeah, it's really weird, and I wasn't a fan of it. But uh, the match itself, physical. Um, up to this point, this is the longest match on the card. Uh, this is ten and a half minutes, and it was well paced. Um, yep. So this whole time, we've had six, seven minute matches, and I'm saying give them like two to three extra minutes. This is what you get when you give talented people extra time. I'm not saying they all need an extra four. You know, three to four minutes, but like an extra minute and a half to two minutes, just to just to space it out a little better. Um, yep. But what did what did you think of the of of the uh, finish though? Um, it wasn't what I when I initially well just watching it back. I remember the finish, but it just seemed. It just seemed like maybe Eddie was paying him back for something that we don't know about. Yeah. You know, you know, like, hey, remember that time I did whatever down here at this match in this country or, you know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's that's what it looked like to me. Well, if you ask supporter of the show, uh, Pat Lilly, uh, the Benoit Eddie Grow relationship. Um, <laughs> I, I'm actually in that camp as well. But, <laughs> yeah, I I am I am I actually called when I watched it I called him and we talked about it because I was like oh, me and Pat tend to see eye to eye certain things but um but yeah damn oh uh, that's funny uh but yeah that was obviously the best match up to this point um. We head back up to the balcony. Uh, Joel Gertner trying to get another Eric Bischoff interview. Um, looks like at one point he's going to stand up to him. Then he asked for a job. Um, then, yeah. 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 All right. Enough of this BS. All right. Time for the match of the night. And I've said it on this show before. Mike Awesome versus Masato Tanaka, one of my favorite two guys to get into a ring because they will beat the absolute piss out of each other. And you know what? It's really fucking good every time. I've yet to see a terrible or a bad or a below par or just a good level match between Mike Awesome and Masato Tanaka. I haven't. Yeah, this is this is this is your guilty pleasure. Your boycott loves um Tanaka awesome. <laughs> oh god. Look, um I'm a I'm a big Tanaka mark as it is. Um I'm a big Mike Awesome guy too, but I have I I haven't seen anything below if we're using a star rating for this, maybe a below a three and a half to four for any of their matches, any of their ECW matches. No, everything's been great. Especially when 
you get Masato Tanaka in an old ECW match, run all the way up that long and enter with a with a chair, and then stop and turn around and then just run all the way back and then just hit and just hit an elbow. It, it's I. It's, it's watching this match or watching them wrestle. It's one of those things where you say like, oh, they have good chemistry. And when you say chemistry, you mean like two guys trying to kill each other as chemistry, but it works somehow and nobody dies. And, and I, I don't have an answer for you how they don't. <laughs> um, I thought a couple times in, in an ECW ring, I, I thought, I thought we were, we were close. Um, and people will say, um, you know, when you watch when you watch an old match in that time, so you watch a match from 1999 like live, you watch it today, it might not hold up. These That's two fair. guys hold up over yeah. over any professional wrestling era. Mike Awesome versus Masato Tanaka holds up. And that is the telling point for me that the rivalry is good. The action's great. These you guys can flat out work their asses off. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I mean, that, that's it. Um, Mike Awesome, if, if he actually decided to be – well, I don't want to say that. Like, if – he has everything wrestling ability to be like, he could have been a traveling AWA champion. Um, also, you know, like the next big thing, Brock Lesnar style, because again, he just had everything, um, but he just enjoyed getting a paycheck and that's fine. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like some, some guys are in the business and love the business and, you know, whatever, whatever. And some guys are like, oh, I'm pretty good at it, but I also can make a good living doing it. You know what I mean? And there's nothing wrong with that either. Yeah. You know, teach his own. Yeah. And he definitely, um, and there, and there's definitely a line at the, at the beginning of this match uh, from Joey styles uh, seems a little slighted because he mentions like Mike awesome pissed, pissed him off when he left for WCW just yeah. to take more money. And then there's the infamous line, like a minute or two into this match. Um, and it's, hold on. Let me, let me get it because it's the, Mike Awesome goes for a suicide dive. Joey Styles says, and it's a shame he didn't succeed in taking his own life. Yeah. And this yeah. was prefaced in our this is last retro review. Yeah. Yeah. Um, last, uh, last retro review, Travis said, oh, this is a line you got to watch out for. And I forgot about it until he said mm-hmm. it. And then I yep. watch it and I'm like, hindsight is a bitch. <laughs> like, yep. Um, but th- this is this is an ECW match, okay? Even if you don't like the ECW match, give give this a shot, okay? Is it violent? Yes. Does it have a lot of the ECW tropes? Yes. Is 
their story? Probably not. The story is probably two guys that have a long-standing rivalry that want to kill each other or brutally maim each other. And what's funny is these guys had so much respect for each other outside of the ring. And they go in here and um, like Mike Awesome is fastballing steel chairs into Masato Tanaka's head or just they're just stepping back like like a full torque twist and just following through with a chair shot it's i neither one of them pull any punches they just don't no no gimmicks no frills they this is um what gen zers would call would say uh they they understood the assignment yeah there you go uh to bring it kind of to today's world here um they get a standing ovation from the crowd uh yeah um but yeah um the 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 finish is bonkers mike awesome um just hucks masato tanaka over the top rope through a table and then just suicide dives right onto him on like on the table on the floor and then they just pin and it's over <laughs> like what else do you need for this show it's perfect yeah okay and i know that i'm overly gushing on this and i skipped around this match a lot but please believe me when i tell you that th- this is the this is the mad match of the night for one uh Two, I wouldn't say it's their best encounter, but it's one of the best, especially given the given the environment that they're in. Uh, just the pacing was great. You didn't need interference, so you didn't have to throw any of that WCW bullshit in there. Um, yeah, it, it's everything they do and nothing that they don't. You know. Yeah. <sighs> I got to chill out. Um, well, well, I'll let you. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll pass this off to you then. Um, we get um, we get a um, a, a very brief um, kind of snippet where you have Styles and Foley on commentary thanking the fans. Uh, Joey Styles talks about the rise and fall of ECW DVD. Um. And then comes Paul Heyman. Uh, yeah, take it um, over. Uh, old, old school looking in it, like real old school ECW. Long ponytail, ECW hat, leather coat, uh, um, headset, you know, around his neck, sometimes around his ears. Um, and boy, I mean, if you know Paul Heyman, um, he doesn't cut any punches and he's full of piss and vinegar uh because i mean this is emotional like this 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 was really emotion this is his baby and the promo that he cuts is great and i'm glad they didn't have <clears throat> we're gonna get into it obviously but i'm glad they didn't have uh like the other guys didn't have mics and they you know they, they, they let him they, they yeah. didn't let him go back and forth they let vince i mean they let uh or vince let 
maybe he did or didn't, but whether he knew or didn't know, but Paul comes out and cuts his thing and does it no matter what, you know, he shoots and that's that. Shoot from the hip there, cowboy. Yeah. No doubt. Um, Yeah. Everything here from the, from thanking Todd Gordon uh, Paul E. Chance. Um, um, <laughs> and a famous line. Oh, wait a minute. Hide your wives. It's Edge. Yeah. I think, I, I and like they were up there reacting the best they could and whatever, but like Heyman, he sliced them to pieces, if you ask me. I mean, he just sliced them to pieces. And they were trying to, like, act it up and yuck it up, Edge and and uh, Bradshaw. But they, they, Heyman, Heyman won those guys zero in, in my book. Uh, yeah, 100%. Um, the only thing that I kind of sat there and just kind of scratched my head on is that um, Heyman goes – uh, I got two words for you, Matt freaking Hardy. And I'm like, that's three. Yeah, yeah. But Listen, a very – Heyman was juiced up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Edge, great, great uh, spit take. Uh, uh, he looks at JBL, he goes, since you want to shoot, cowboy – the only reason you were WWE champion for a year is because Triple H didn't want to work Tuesdays. I, I mean, that that's great. I mean, that's, I mean, you know, it's the truth. It is, it is the truth. No, it's a hundred percent true. And those time and that time, 2005, shit, man, if Triple H wanted to do whatever, if he wanted to work every damn day, he would have done it, you know? Vince will let him do it. So yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't. Nothing he said. Nothing he said in that whole thing was false. Not to me, at least. No, you're right. Um, and then gets to the end. Heyman says, "This isn't WCW. Raw, SmackDown, WWE. This, my friends, is EC fucking W." And I don't care if they bleeped it out on on uh, fucking Peacock. fucking Peacock. Um, this is probably a top five promo of all time. Yeah, it's one I forgot. Well, I didn't forget about it, but it's one I just hadn't heard in a while. If you if you want to be safe, you call it a top ten promo. But it, it's so good. There's there's the best promos though. And this is another Bischoffism about about controversy creates cash and blurring lines and all that. Uh, this is this is why it's so good because there's so much truth in it. But you, as a wrestling fan watching this, you don't know if 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 he comes out and says, "Oh, because Triple H doesn't want to work on Tuesdays," you're like, "Ah ha ha!" Because he's a raw guy, you know, and then. You know, Mark, Mark's like us looking is like, well, yeah, because Triple H only wanted to work on that day a week 
Like he could yeah. do what he, he could do what he wanted. Uh, this net. So I really don't know how to do this next segment because it's so fucking long winded. The main event to, to to get to it, yeah. Well, to get to it and the actual match itself, it's. I mean, it's. So we get we get the Dudleys that come out. Um, they they they've got their tie dyes on. They, they look great. Um, Dreamer come comes out. It's not a hundred percent. Man in the box, but it's close. Yeah. Then we get Enter Sandman. Um. You know, walking his ways, going through the crowd. Um. You know. He's 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 feeling it. <laughs> oh oh hey he look, is feeling it. Let me tell you what about three to four beer beers in, and this is not Stone Cold Steve Austin beers, okay. Where no. um, he'll crack them open, he'll get probably a quarter of it that'll fizzle out. He <coughs> plans them together, you lose another quarter. Uh, you'll chug them back. You'll maybe get a half a beer out of two two beers if you're Austin. All these beers are gone, okay? Yeah. And then crush the can on your head just for good old measure. Um. So you get these four guys, and the and the preface here is. The the main event for this is gonna is gonna be Bubba Ray and Devon the Dudleys taking on the Sandman and Tommy Dreamer. We gotta get there first. Um, Joey Styles says that this is Dreamer's last hurrah. Boy, would he be absolutely wrong. No, no, he's absolutely right. This is Tommy Dreamer's last hurrah. After this is whoever Tommy Dreamer morphed into, Dreamer Tommy. <laughs> Damn it. And whatever he's doing on to this day, Lord knows. Uh, he hasn't been back on TV since the Plane Ride to Hell episode. Well, imagine that. And then he wouldn't be in next year's 2006 version of One Night Stand either. The record, um, but yeah, oh, come on. So, this is where they're about to start. We get the DWO, the Blue World Order. Um, we've got Stevie Richards, we've got Hollywood Nova, we've got the Blue Meanie, uh, BWO chance flooding flooding the Hammerstein ball ballroom. And I tell you what, yeah. I, I can't tell you um, I would play WCW or not WCW, damn it. I would play WrestleMania 2000 and be the blue meanie just so I could just see the meanie shuffle. Just. I'm with you. I, I can't tell you how many times <laughs> I get the hell out of blue meanie. Ah. Maybe we just pump, we would just pump blue meanie was, we would just pummel him. He was just the not generic, but he was just the, um, you know, let's pummel somebody and work on our craft guy. Yeah. Don't worry, don't worry. JBL would eventually too. Uh, uh, so 
So Stephen Richards gets a mic. Three simple words for us. We're taking over. Um, Place pops. Yeah, they are red hot. Uh, um, get a little scuffle. Kid Cash runs out. He gets yeah. chucked. Um, Axel Rotten and Balls Mahoney come out. Um, obviously, we get a big Balls chant. Um, they're brawling with VWO. Crowds into it. Um, everybody's fighting in the aisle, and then Kid Cash um, jumps off the ref's back, hits a huge plancha. <sighs> And this is the equivalent of like, um, you know, those uh, battle royals on like the pre-show of like um, the mid to early 2000s WrestleManias when it'd be like, okay, uh, so we've got this battle royal uh, to get you guys a pay-per-view paid paycheck. Uh, So all you mid-card guys are in it. Awesome. I feel like this was the equivalent for that. Yeah. Uh, again, guys trying to get their spots on, to, you know, on the card, and I'm, I'm, you know, you gotta take it for for what it is. Can't knock them for that. Yeah. <sighs> this is this is pre network, everybody, where you had to get paid, like you know. Yeah. Um. So we finally get a bell. Uh, it only took about. 10 plus minutes. Um, <laughs> Joey does immediately. Um, it's uh, um, Bubba Ray gets hit with a cookie sheet, and Joey Styles goes, Dreamer should have kept his office job. <laughs> <laughs> um, we get the cheese grater. Um, I mean, this match is all over the place. I mean, you get cheese grater, you got kendo sticks, you got everything else. Yeah. Um, um, then you get credible. You get you get the impact players coming in. You yep. get credible and and storm come in. Credible drops uh, tombstones. Um, uh-uh. Sandman. Ah, uh-uh. um, that would be called a. Uh, that's incredible. Sorry, oh boy! Excuse me. I'm sorry. He that's incredible's him on a ball of barbar. Um, then you get the queen of extreme, Francine. She comes in, and you know, if you listen to us on this show, or I speak for myself again, at least, you know, your boy loves Dick Kick City. And oh. boy, she takes, she kicks, she takes, <laughs> kicks Carmen and in the damn dick. Oh, yeah. And then we get a run in from Beulah, and Joey Styles has got to do it. It's the, uh, is yeah, can't fight, can't fight. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Um, uh, 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 credible grabs Beulah. Um, Storm hits the ropes like he's gonna hit her, but she moves out the way and knocks knocks Credible out the ring. Um, you know, Beulah and uh, Dreamer hug it out. Dreamer's heads be just pouring blood, absolutely oh, pouring blood. Buckets. Yeah. Um. So, 
Then we get Bubba Ray signals to the back. Spike Dudley coming out in his old ECW garb. We get an LSD chant. He's got lighter fluid. He's got matches. Um, then we get Bubba Ray powerbombing Dreamer through the flaming table. Gets the win. Um, this was a ECW match. That is pretty much um, what I can say to this. Yeah, so I mean, ECW match, yeah, classic ECW match. Tables, Singapore canes. Oh my! Got everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we get the glass breaking. Here comes Stone Cold Steve Austin. I would have rather the glass not break. Um, really, any other sampling of music. This is this is when. Now I know that Steve Austin had his cup of coffee in ECW. I just think for the vibe of the show, we just got done with that tag team match. It really just kind of threw me for a second. Just oh, glass breaking, <sighs> Stone Cold. Why? Yeah, uh, I mean, they were just trying to capitalize on his. I mean, like, yes, he was in ECW, but I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I didn't like it. Uh, I don't know. It just seemed out of place. Um, tell me, Jeffrey, what was Stone Cold Steve Austin wearing? Uh, he was wearing uh, <laughs> uh, a jersey. Um, that Joey Styles said he didn't want to say anything for and getting, you know, he didn't want to get beat up. And out and a, a number one outlaws jersey. Mm. Uh, it was ill, ill advised. Just a bit. Um, so he's getting beer for all the ECW guys. Um, he invites the uh, WWE guys to come down, see if they can't whip the ECW guys' ass. Um, and then he's like, I'm gonna count backwards from 10. Like, it's ECW, why are we counting? Stop, yeah, makes no sense. Um, so crowd's chanting now, we want Taz. Uh, here he comes. Uh, we've got Bischoff on the announce. Um, well, everybody's in the ring, you know. Well, you everybody's know, everybody's now of in the ring. In the ring. Yep. All of SmackDown and 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 Raw are in the ring, and they're about to go to blows, and then there's kind of space and opportunity in between them. Yep. And as music hits, and uh, the roof goes off the place. Here comes Taz with onesie. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And he's Taz. He's got he's got his towel over his head. Um, what I love about this too is is Taz when he hops up there, he does this thing. He didn't rush. He hopped up there. You know, he wiped his feet twice, got inside <laughs> the ring, did his thing, took his towel off, and then it was time to go to business. It was, yeah, it was cool. Yeah, um, it's all it's all great. And then, um, 
It's the biggest schmage you've ever seen. Yeah. Um, you could see at this point now the blue meanies bloodied up. Uh, JBL not non kayfabe gave him some potatoes. Oh, uh, that's right. Mm-hmm. So I forgot about that. Yeah. So over the years, they've kind of buried the hatchet. Um, but apparently, there were there were some things that there there were some comments that Meanie made about JBL that he didn't like. Uh, so he punched him in the face a bunch of times. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot that I didn't forget about that. I forgot that that was on this the show. No, and we're talking about like real shots. Like me, listen, listen, Bradshaw's a lot of things, but a legit tough guy he is. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. unless you're Bart Gunn, but um, uh, a legit tough guy he is. And yeah, there we go. There we go. There we go. Um, <laughs> and yeah, Blue Mini, Blue Mini's never going to be Bradshaw in a fist fight. And boy, he got his face wrecked here. But to be fair to him, I mean, he had no idea that. What's basically they're gonna bomb on him like that, but yeah. you know, typical Bradshaw because he's a piece of shit. Yeah, ECW guys in the ring. Austin's got a mic. Tells Foley to bring Bischoff to the ring. Um, so Bischoff gets a 3D from the Dudleys. Uh, Ben Benoit hits his uh, as Joey Styles put it, a suicide head headbutt. Um. Uh. He tells Ray to do a 619, uh, obviously not seeing the other part of the show where he did a 619 and was almost booed out of the building. Yeah. Um, and then um, – um, Go ahead. Um, uh, also, too, I forgot, I forgot to say on this on this uh, Stone Cold jersey, it's a it's – a, for those who don't know, it's an outlaw's jersey, not New Age Outlaws, let me clarify. It's a Las <laughs> Vegas outlaw's jersey, as in the XFL, the first girl Ray around. Uh, I, I, I don't know what's worse that or that I have a Las Vegas, Las Vegas uh, outlaws jersey in my closet right now as we speak in 2022 with he hate me on the back of it so there's that <sighs> for the small percentage of people who understand what I'm saying they're, they're getting a good laugh right now you might be the last real man Jeff nah, no it's it's Solace Young smoking a jack in there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so then Stone Cold on them. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, um, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, um, Austin gets on the mic. He says, Eric, can you hear me? This is Austin calling Eric. I thought maybe I would take this time to conduct a post-show interview. Your thoughts on the evening? I watched this back a couple times because I liked the lead up to it and the seriousness of Stone Cold, or at least the tone of his voice. And then Bischoff just mm-hmm. in the most Bischoff WCW esque way just says, fuck ECW. Um, Austin hits a stunner. Uh, Styles calls this the greatest night of professional wrestling in his career. Wish this moment would last forever. Um, that's really it. Um, so watching this, maybe Cod, you're a nerd like me. Maybe you have to go back. I'm sure you've seen it. Uh, 
so at the end, you know, after he stuns Bischoff to take him, they just kind of like the Dudley boys take him and they like throw him on a 18 wheeler. I don't understand the context, but I guess it's just, <laughs> Hey, Hey, you, you don't have to go home, but you got to get the hell up out of here. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. You know, it's so then, you know, so now, yeah. So now all ECWs in the ring and everybody's drinking beers with Austin and uh, they, you know, Al Snow's like up on, you know, the ropes and he's <laughs> He's pouring a beer on Head's mouth, like down, like. I mean, God, when I tell you, when I tell you, it it popped me so bad. I mean, it just popped me so bad. I just couldn't stop laughing. God, I couldn't oh, stop laughing. So good. Um, and then after the show goes off the air, um, crowds chanting, "Thank you, Tommy." Um, and then you can see that Bubba Ray says to Tommy Dreamer, this is all for you. Um, so a nice little send, send off, um, at the time that was it. Um, that was the death of Tommy Dreamer. He's living uh, his second life now as I don't know what. So overall, uh, what did you think of? ECW One Night Stand 2005. I loved it. They, they could do no wrong in my eyes. Um, this is probably their... This might be their best pay-per-view, actually. Um, well, no, I'll take it back to their best pay-per-view. This is, again, this is a combination of a lot of things. Um, uh, and a lot of times, you know, they give people like go-home shows and... Not go-home shows, but like appreciation shows and you know, whatever. I think this one actually kind of lived up to maybe what it was billed as, as, or, you know, I don't think they could have done it any better necessarily, you know, with like paying homage to kind of everybody and however it was done, you know? Yeah. I think this is a great way to, like I've said in this honor, the past, the present, um, kind of a wink wink at times um this had similar vibes like i said to the slam anniversary show from last night uh it was the 20th anniversary to the day um which i thought was wild in its own right um there's something that these shows have to do you know to at least get a nod from the fans even us it's the, these shows have a job to do. And if you're a reunion show, you need to pay homage and put on great, great wrestling. Um, everything was at least good on this card. Yes. I'll say that. Everything was good. Yeah, yeah. It might not get past that. Um, no, no but by no means was this some, um, uh, you know, top 10 card or, or pay-per-view like no 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 but for the realm of ecw this this is a good this is a good show yeah so we move on from that to next week um we are <coughs> excuse me going to 2016 we will once again be rejoined by Eddie Shepard of Next Generation Wrestling Tennessee. We'll be talking about NXT TakeOver The End. Uh, this will also be called 
the end How fitting. dot 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 of the beginning um and this would be and the reason it's called that this would be the last show at full sail um they would eventually move move out all that good stuff we'll get to more of that um next week but the opener um pretty strong one we have ty dillinger taking on andrade cn alamas uh this is when he was still allowed to have a second and third name and then the main event um, was the steel cage match for the NXT championship between champion Samoa Joe and the demon Finn Balor. Um, so definitely uh, tune in next week for that. Of course, you can go to nextgentn.net to find out more information about Next Generation Wrestling Tennessee. And not only does friend of the show Travis Lasseter um, and and Eddie work on Wrestling Ruined. They also have a new podcast coming soon. Uh, I want to make sure I get this right because it is fresh out the box. This is the NXT Evolution podcast. So this is uh, pretty big timing. This is great timing um, for us to kind of be coming in on this together. Yeah, um, maybe yeah. if we uh, say our say our prayers and eat our vitamins, maybe we can get you know get on that podcast. <laughs> oh boy, uh, I'll, I'll see if I can pull some strings. Uh, there we go. Yeah, you know, I know I'm known for cutting people out of pictures per se, but um, I wouldn't cut anybody out of this deal. Yeah, right. There we go. So ho- hopefully they'll find it in our heart in, in their hearts to one day. Welcome us on. Um, but as as always, um, thank you also to our other supporters. That would be uh, the Notice Qualifications podcast, uh, Rants from the Black Lodge, Tantalizing Tony, uh, Coach Patrick Lilly from Alvernia University's football program. Absolutely. And uh, Jeff, where can they find you on the Twitter machine? Uh, Jeff M. Hall, one. Found out the other day, and I won't put the other butt end of this, uh, but I found out the other day that your email is Jeff M. Hall, two. I almost had a heart attack. I almost had a goddamn conniption. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I also own Jeff M. Hall, one. So there's that. <laughs> you got to switch it up. You never know. You got to keep them guessing, as the kids would say. You got to keep the body guessing. Jeff's going to yeah. own the monopoly on everything Jeff M. Hall and then a number. Everything. Yeah. Whatever yeah, you yeah. think. You, and, if I, what, and if I get a wild hair at my ass, I might own three. You know? Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll hey, see. Jeff M. Hall three coming soon. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find me at Coach Cod. Uh, you can find the you can find us as a show on Twitter and Facebook. That would be WPPod1. You can also head on over to Teespring. That is our merch store. Uh, the link is on our Twitter. You can type in TWP Pride as your promo code for this month. You get 20% off of your total purchase. Okay. Um, 
yeah and until then um this is jeff and ryan we're signing off for this week um we're on the road to the forbidden door jeffrey just get yourself ready don't worry jay white's already the you know ambassador Okay, we'll be on here for another 20 minutes, so I'll just leave it at that. Good. (laughs) Guys, everybody continue to stay safe, support local wrestling, and we'll see you next time.